Hey everyone, Dr. Lisa here, and we are continuing our mother-daughter conversation from episode 26. This is episode 27. And before you listen on, buckle up and take it on the go, as I always tell you to do, I want you to merely make sure you listen to episode 26, in particular, the last five, 10 minutes of that episode. And the reason I say that is because there was an uh, experiential process that I want you to have, and hopefully you were able to take some notes on that and see where you felt those words, what thoughts came up to you as you enter into this latest episode. So in episode 27 here right now, we are going to take that experience and then get into the conversation of different mothering styles. I I brought up the conversation of that mother bear energy and, and, and I believe, I believe, and I work in my system of that holy trinity of goddesses within us, the, the, of energies. When I say the goddesses, I'm meaning their forces of nature, the, their energies, the maiden's fire, the, the mother's love and and, and, and understanding and, and compassion seeking and that matriarch's wisdom. I see that as a spectrum that we all have. And I get into the mothering styles we may bring. I believe firmly that we need to process each of those vibes in ourselves, no matter if we've had kids, haven't had kids, if we feel smart, don't feel smart, if we feel like life's been betraying us or being for us, I think all of that perception has to do with how we are playing with our bag of forces, how we are using our our mix at any one particular point in our life. And so our mothering style isn't just about us being, let's say, a mother to a family, a traditional, you know, having kids and things like that. It might be birthing a dream, birthing a business, birthing a mission, bringing ourselves in that role and processing that. And so I'm speaking here in this episode to each of us in that aspect, but also the fact that you can't deny we've, we are all daughters, There's not one woman who's listening to the sound of my voice right now who's not a daughter. But what does that mean to you? That relationship, how has that set up your mindfulness over your own body, your own thoughts, your own actions, your own financial wealth, your own spiritual health and wealth, your own relationships? How has that impacted how you were how you were viewing that relationship. Did you have that relationship at all? So we get into a lot of abstracts of what mother-daughter might even mean to you. How even looking down at your abdomen, how that might have an effect in looking at your own body and looking at that umbilicus and facing that reality. We also get into the, the impact I see as a clinician in working with people all ages and the impacts that is having that this sort of, I think, you know, real, real crisis in our own self worthiness, our own self love, our own self compassion, and then also us blending that with that more, you know, dream to achieve, be better than tomorrow. How that's impacting our daughters right now how that might have an impact on their daughters, the dysfunction I'm seeing right now, and and what conversations we need to be having as mothers and matriarchs. Maybe we didn't birth a child. Maybe we have a grandchild. Maybe we have a niece. Maybe we have a neighbor. Maybe it's just 
people outside, other women who are still in the mothering aspects of their roles, are still in the higher forces of their maiden fire, watching us, watching what ends up and how we approach that attitude of the third age, which leads us beautifully into even episode 28. So buckle up. Get yourself on board. This sponsorship, this episode is from Mind Body Brand Academy. Take yourself on over there. If this sparks some maybe latent desire for you to take your story and turn it into a passion, eight weeks, one-on-one mentorship, turning into a group course late 2017, mindbodybrandacademy.com. So grateful for support by that Academy. Thank you so much. We'll see you here for Owning Her Health right now. Welcome to this episode of Owning Her Health with your host, Dr. Lisa Holland, PT. Join Lisa as she starts the conversation on what it really takes to become a healthy, wealthy, and whole CEO of your life. Listen in to real talk by real lady leaders in all walks of life as they open up on personal health stories, wealth, career, and feminine abundant living. Learn how to grow by owning your body, expanding your mind, and aligning your soul with the purpose only you can pursue in this world. Happiness begins with owning her health right now. Welcome back, episode 27, and this is the part two to episode 26, also talking on mothers and daughters, as I mentioned in the introduction, and I had left you guys, um, as I said in the introduction, with, with, that, with that personal uh, self-reflective work. So I, ho- I, hope you, I hope you did do that. If not, go on back to episode 26 towards the end, the last five minutes or so, and and take yourself through that journey and, 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 and write for a couple of minutes in your journal so that some of this other stuff we're talking about in the energetics of mothers and daughters and establishing our relationship with ourself, right? Because we feel, energetics in the body, we feel. In yoga, we, we call that the subtle body. And, and we actually think of that in a much more pronounced importance than I would say I learned in Western medicine, and and for the reasons that we're gonna that we're talking about today. So, you know, think of that aspect that every how does this apply to you? Well, every woman is a daughter, right? I said that last last episode, and. Pretty much every girl seems to dream about having a house and seems to dream about growing up. And, and some, some, some women dream about someone saving them like a princess. And some of them dream of being the queen of the castle. And some of them dream of kind of having this lifestyle if if they're into having kids if they're blessed to be able to now the aspect we have to think about is you know there's a wound wound there when you can't have children and you want them and so i know last episode we were speaking of being both the daughter and the mother this episode i want to talk about two aspects of the xx and the mother daughter relationship being that daughter that chooses not to have children and chooses to instead utilize her mothering vibe with a career birthing ideas 
maybe birthing service projects in the world, birthing new movements, like a Gloria Steinem kind of thing. So to me, again, speaking energetically, and that's that's the way I, I, I view the world. And I don't view it as in energetics of like magic. Not having some sort of basis of, of manifestation. I view it in terms of like neuropsychiatry and neurolinguistics and behavioral medicine and... And, and behavioral coaching, the things I coach other people to learn how to do, to emotional intelligence. That's what I'm talking about. So from that perspective of energetics, you may feel like you want to birth something into this world that's more of a movement. You may feel like you wanted to be a child make a family. So those of you who, what we're talking about is mothering styles. And, and so if we're talking about that mother-daughter relationship, you chose to have a child, it came out as a daughter, and that aspect that you were a daughter, now you start to get a different XX reflection, right? You see yourself in your mother. I'm going to speak from that aspect. So there's not only the complexity of I was a daughter who chooses not to be a mother, but there's the complexity of I was a I am a daughter who did not have the choice because it was taken away from me from being a mother in birthing that way. And I've chosen a different way to mother. Maybe you've adopted, maybe you've chosen to be, you know, a different uh, mothering vibe for some people in the community, for a project, for your nieces and nephew. Maybe you're someone who did choose. So we have that complaint. Right? And you did have a child. So there's there's lots of variations here. And you need to take this information. And, and if there's pain there, as we do in becoming CEOs of our life, flip it and see what you gain from that pain. You know, we don't like to think of that in that way, but it's a very Eastern mentality. Again, when you think of it just as energetics, you bring, you bring the negativity or the positivity. Energy itself is neutral. Something can be good for one person and very bad, that same very, very thing. So if we're looking at that lifelong, what I was speaking to in that, in that meditative, self-reflective piece I read from you from her book, that first paragraph. Generation to generation to generation. How does this affect me? How does, how does knowing that maybe two generations ago you learned that there was great famine, famine, great suffering. The Great Depression is a perfect example. Whoever's listening to this who maybe had a grandparent in the Great Depression, how did that affect your mother? Was she the one that took that and, and that restriction that she probably like you know grew up in? Not because she was in the Great Depression, but because her mother was. And and did she end up then like going the total opposite way, not conserving, maybe overspending? 
<laughs> right? So when we look at our health, when we look at how our, our mother treated her financial health, which is part of our empowerment in this society, because money makes the world go round. That's a piece of it. Socioeconomics is the bottom and biggest piece in transformational public health change, long-lasting change. You have to get into people's community. And when you get into their community, you get into their psyche. So what's my first community? Me and my mother. So Dr. Northrup goes on to speak about real long-term health solutions would become possible only when her patients realized the impact of their background and then took steps to change this influence. Although healthcare modalities such as dietary improvement, exercise, drug surgery, breast exams, and pap smears all have their place, not one of them can get to the part of a woman's consciousness that is creating her state of health in the first place. So let's take another variation. What if you were adopted? What if you don't know your mother? So you had this complete attachment, literally, to the umbilicus. And again, that umbilicus is like a, a literal wound. Think about that. Think about looking down at your belly every day and never having known your natural birth mother. Maybe you had a mother naturally that was very abusive to you. Maybe because of her story, she could not be there present as a reflection of any positivity to you. Maybe there's a whole bunch of crying and pain and, and negativity to you. Now flip that. What if she was everything you wanted to be and you did not achieve the things that she did? What if her light and her fire, and you can go on over to my Instagram and I had posted, um, it's called, the post is, if you don't know my Instagram, it's at Dr. Lisa Holland PT and the DR for the doctor. Um, and I make little mini blogs there. I give little self-reflections there for the goddess tribe and the attitude and the vibe of this tribe. And in that, my daughter's beauty was the post of that. And I, and I spoke of that with my daughter. I didn't understand my goddess fire, my son Leo-driven fire that was so much even more rampant in me at her age of 18. And as she was younger, I didn't understand. I that her moon goddess, my daughter is a cancer, on the 21st of June cancer. You understand? If you know anything about astrology, she's on the border of two very powerful signs and the longest day of the year, the start of summer solstice. So she came right into my world at the start of my season of the sun. But she was my opposite in emotions. She's moon, moody, emotional. Not that I wasn't moody, but it was a fire moodiness. Hers was a water and earth, and she'd ground in. What about that? And her looking at me, and, and every daughter, by the way, every daughter looks at their mother between the ages of zero and about seven. It's getting younger, and I hate that, right? And she just looks, and you're beautiful. You might not think you are, but you are to her. You are just her son and... She sees you in the moon and she feels her, the pain of you crying. 
So when you're standing in front of that mirror and your six-year-old or five-year-old's looking at you saying you're fat, when you're on yet another diet denying yourself and, so, and, and complaining about it, by the way, see, if you're on any diets, and I'm going to say that whatever age you are listening to me, and you're depriving yourself and you are suffering in that rather than eating healthy and whole. When your body's never enough, it's never perfect enough. When you need to go get a bunch of surgeries for these things. In the mindset, not that you're doing it for yourself in a way that's going to relieve pain or improve your confidence. I'm not saying any of that is bad, but I'm saying when you're giving your daughter the impression that unless she gets her hair highlighted and fixes her teeth perfectly white and is a certain weight at a certain age where she looks at you as her world and her world is beautiful at that time, you got to think, what are you setting her up for for the rest of her life? And if you were one of those daughters and you're in that mind, that repetitive mind. I had a conversation with another follower on Instagram where she said she was pretty much screwed because I had put a post of the of the of Dr. Northrop's book and and she had had a different story of illness and grew up in a household of addiction and and that type of thing. If you're one of those people, whether it was mom addicted to something, some vice that was not, that was confusing to you and you see yourself repeating that and you don't feel good in that. This isn't blame mommy. What I'm saying is, what are you going to do about it? How are you going to own your own health instead of keep owning mommy's health and her poor relationship with her body? and her mind, and her uh, partners, and her friends, and her world. How are you going to call yourself up? So some of that is what Dr. Northrup's book, again, published in 2005, Mother Daughter Wisdom, Creating a Legacy of Physical and Emotional Health, is about. It's a book written for mothers. And, and to some extent, you know what? You can go and say, gosh, yeah, it's a book about like not screwing up your daughter. <laughs> but I think you do yourself a disservice. And that's what we battle with every day. That's what we're battling with every day. Having your mother's mother and her mother's mother and her mother's mother deep in your cells. But you got to understand the science. We know now that there's genetics, predispositions, sensitivities that can or cannot be turned on for their gene expression by your environment. And here we go again, you birthing yourself. Isn't that really what it's about when we're going through our developmental stages? And whereas Dr. Northrup talks about being in a house and, 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 and going through every seven years, sort of being almost in a different room in a house. I, in my process of working with my women in my practice and myself, and this came from my own journey and my yoga, look at it in a little bit more Eastern medicine model way, 
I like to look at it in the energetics. I love the chakras. If you don't know what they are, they're little pools of energy wisdom. Kind of where we connect with our universal wisdom that I was I was talking a little bit to in the first in the first version of this in episode 26 in the first episode first half. I love it because they're tied into the psychosocial and I knew them and I knew that wisdom when I learned it through the yogic sciences of the subtle body. I knew it. It was speaking to my truth. And this was before I had epigenetics. This is before I had everyone talking psychosocial, spiritual, bio approach to healing and, and health and wellness. So this was just out there in the ethers and I was pulling that down. And it's because I cycle. But I got to say, I did not get that relationship for my mother from my mother. But I'm blessed in the fact of being able to pull that in every cycle, that intuitive wisdom in, because I understand now what a gift, what a gift it is. Because it's me and the moon and the oceans. And when I'm healthy, I am cycling with that full or the, or the new moon. And if you're in tune to that enough, you're going to have a healthier relationship with where you are on those cycles of not only your menstruation every month, but in life, in puberty and pregnancy and menopause. And you will tune in to your inner guides in different ways and different percentages and I believe, truthfully, all of those deities within you, all of those forces of nature within you that I speak of, <coughs> excuse me, they're constantly protecting the inner child because that inner child needs to learn how to come back out towards the end and be childlike as an adult, not childish. She didn't learn much from the sisters. In the sisterhood, if she's childish, still into her older years. But childlike meaning that you're open. You're open to the wisdom of your sisterhood. And the first one should be your mother. <laughs> and just like any other sisters, sometimes you fight. And sometimes you love. But there's nothing. I always mourned not having a sister. Because it seemed like there was nothing quite like it. Because you get blessed with that XX from your mother reflection with the own XX in you. With another girl in your home going through things around the times you are. See, your mom did that a long time ago. <laughs> and she may not speak to you about those things, but your sister will. And so why you need to find that sisterhood outside your home when you don't have it inside and when you don't have a mother because of death or because of her journey being very much in conflict with what you need or because you are adopted and you don't know her or you grew up for whatever reason without one 
you need to find that tribe inside. You need to understand that and, and process that. I think a lot of problem moving through your phases of energy, whether it be your mothering phase, your, your maiden fire phase, your matriarch phase, a lot of that is unresolved. The lack of resolution in that mother-daughter understanding. Because you didn't understand. You didn't get the wisdom. You didn't understand how to be yourself. You're either mimicking her constantly and not measuring up, or you are so opposite, you had no representation of what to do because you just denied all of those structures. So it's really about being somewhere in the middle in terms of being healthy and owning it, right? And, and knowing which combination of that is you and which is the reflection of her. You know, the rules were simpler, and then and, and page 19, Dr. Northrup speaks to that, and I agree. You know, it was really simple when you knew your role was going to be have babies, bring them up, go to the PTA meetings, have lunch with the girls, and come back and make sure that there's dinner by 6, and the kids are bathed by 7.30, and then, you, you know, you're with your husband at that time. It was much simpler. I'm not saying that wasn't oppressive in some ways for people who it didn't fit, but it just didn't fit them. Listen, you've, we've got to understand. We've got to really own the fact that our health is being denied by ourselves when we're bad-mouthing someone who is really aligned with being very traditional in that way. It's hard for her. It is hard for her to make motherhood her primary vocation in a world where it's telling her that she's wasting her college education doing so. Likewise, if I'm home with my kids and I've chosen that vocation, I can't be bad-mouthing the woman who, number one, needs to make a living because maybe she doesn't have the relationship with partnership with, with, with people supporting her the way you do. And number two, she chooses because she's got something to birth in this world besides her kids. God gave her two. God gave her two roles, two fires. God only gave you one. Great. God gave her two. And she feels just passionately about birthing that thing, that mission to the world, that service into the world, as she does birthing the child into her home. And she's not doing disservice because she's living by the universe's calling of her and not by your judgment of her. Because you're making yourself sick, worrying about her, and you're making her sick, not supporting her. Both ways. Because we lack the village. One of the reasons why, and, and some people have problems with the tribe. I don't have problems with the tribe. It brings me back to the idea of being tribal, being promotion, promoting some of those traditions of ritual and sacredness of the women's circle. Because it was healthy, people. It was healthy. It was, it was the psychosocial for you. It was, yes, the period hut, the red hut. Everybody went there. And you know what? You talked. And you, and you, and you, and you, and you got wisdom about things. And you spoke to the elders and you spoke to the youngsters, and they had a clue what to expect and be able to maybe, if they were going to be a rebel, have justification for it. Not just because it was misunderstanding in her own body. 
So here's what I'm going to end this section in doing. And again, I am only into the aspect of mother bear and that mother bear energy. And I'm going to, and, 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 and Dr. Northrup speaks about how we're all born with some mother bear energy in us. The process leading up to the birth of a baby, gestation, labor, delivery, and postpartum period, she relates it to, because she was a gynecologist, do you understand? I relate it as a yogi, as, as, as the process of these, of these forces of nature. And you're going to relate it to something else. But this deep instinctual knowledge, what she calls mother bear, what I might call uh, my version of the feminine divine, the, the holy trinity in mixture, of that mothering and maiden and, 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 and matriarch, the wise, the wisdom of the matriarch, the, the, the relationship building and understanding of self versus bigger self and service in the mother, and that, you know, really of love, really, right? And then that fire and that, that separating yourself and that becoming your unicorn of the maiden, of establishing yourself, right? Your identity of self versus giving it away in the mother. I see it as that, this, this relationship thing. You may see it as a different thing, but it's instinct, people. It is instinct. And it comes to us from our culture in our home as well as the culture of the whole community around us, you know, that zip code, <laughs> as well as the culture that's in our nation at that time. So think about that right now. Think about those levels and what conversations you truly need to have with your daughter about her body wisdom. And not just to protect it from everybody abusing it, but to own it, her not abusing it herself. What work do you need to do as the mother to make sure you're okay with that and loving on yourself? And it doesn't mean you have to accept the fact that you're still, you know, 10 pounds more than when you had your kids, but you have to understand your hormones. You have to understand the food you're giving yourself and thought and the stress and the cortisol and how that might be holding onto it. And you can't be starving yourself when your body's malnourished already, even if it has extra pounds because it's toxic. There is a physiological inner child working her best that needs to know you love it. And then you need to teach your daughter about her and how to speak to her. Because if you don't, who is doing this? Who is doing this? You think it's the OBGYN? No, they don't got the time. You think it's the midwife? No. No, they're focused on the pregnancy and making sure that you ensure that, it, you know, it's a different relationship with that. That's on the mother. Who's teaching it to your 19-year-old? Instagram? Snapchats? You know where they're getting that understanding of relationship and, and beauty and, 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 and prosperity and that ferociousness and that receptivity, that balance? It's outside and it's being, and we have a tremendous amount of pornography trying to teach that. We have lots of access to social media and, and internet. We have, um, you know, constant filters and editing of Instagram pictures. I mean, we, it has to be us. It's us. It's our responsibility. When someone's not respecting us, 
when, when, whether it be a man or another woman, it's our responsibility to step up with our boundaries and be a little bit more bold because maybe they didn't get it. And if they did get it, it's, it's up to us to either remove ourselves from the situation because that toxicity is going to change that neurochemistry. It's going to change the cortisol. We're going if we have that within our own self, how can we possibly be showing our daughter how to rise? And if as a daughter we're still reverberating some of this stuff, this disconnect with our own mothers, how are we going to be one day mothers and how are we going to be daughters we need to be? We need to care for these mothers and fathers sometimes. And we need to care for ourselves not to be, you know, stuck in a perpetual adolescence of just being who everyone else in the role is going to tell us who we're going to be, our church, our husband, our wife, our kids. And that's some of that mother bear energy in us. We're each born with some of that. And I just, I just love that. And so if you've read her first book, Women's Bodies, Women's Wisdom, and then it's kind of like a reflection in the mother-daughter wisdom. There's a, there's a level of wisdom in this. And, and, in, and, and in this, you know, I think I'm going to have another podcast. I'm going to actually do a video on this because in, in looking at how Dr. Northrup sort of looks at like women – Every seven-year cycle, I look at it as, as the seven chakras and then also the levels of koshas, which are our inner world and our interaction with the world and, and, our, and our self. Um, all of that subtle body stuff, so yummy. I, I've got to have this talk with probably Christiane, um, Christine Weber of Subtle Yoga. We, I have a little time we were talking on some stuff, but this would probably be a really awesome conversation with her. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think that for the future. So if you're out there listening, Christine, we're going to be doing a... Um, a podcast and, and maybe a YouTube on that. But I hope you'll agree with me. But the inner blueprint, you know, it, it's just interesting. Think about the blueprint you're setting. You know, we talk about genetics and the, geo, the genome and the mapping and everybody's doing 23andMe and everybody's trying, you know, think about that energetic mapping that's happening. Because epigenetics show that if your grandmother is in famine, likelihood of you as the grandchild it skips a generation and we hear that all the time right it skips a generation because it's not it's this imprinting it's this imprinting in need that sort of keeps getting bull you know put i almost said bullied but sometimes it feels like that right into the daughter from the mother oh my god i'm just hearing my mother's voice over and over telling me over a million times right and it's almost like it programs us and our and our eggs and our egg wisdom and ourself that our kids if our mother was in famine chances are higher that our kids could deal with an obesity problem it makes perfect sense to my universe let's make sure that one's eating <laughs> because but it takes a while it takes a while and then think of the speed and everything's happening now what we're expecting out of kids by the time they're 18 and going off to school to be this perfect knowing of what they're going to do for the rest of their life right and what role they're going to play in it as a as a woman who's who's trying to break free of so many levels of cultural ignorance on what we can bring to the fire that curvy hustle that that relationship communication talking Think about that and the heroic journey. And what I was going to say that I, I kind of went off on a tangent, surprise, surprise, um, that I'm going to do it on the talk with, with, with 
that yogic mindset, but also the tarot deck, the tarot deck, the journey of the fool. It's really super interesting seeing it and, and how we're kind of reliving that. I believe we relive that um, on a cycle of, I think we have to relive it as a child and, and let ourselves leave the home and become that fool officially. So there's like a mini prep, but I think there's a lot of reflection off of our mothers on that. The one where we're really taking off and going off on our own, we do that cycle of the hero to the world, owning the world as the maiden, as the mother, as the matriarch energies. And when that's unresolved, I believe that's where we're actually seeing health issues. And the, and the, and the really sad fact is that we're seeing it in that, that struggling to become from the inner child and the child of ourself to the, even the maiden. So many teenage women in, in, uh, in, on birth control for major dysfunctions. It's not even like they're on it just because they you know, want to have sex and not get pregnant. They're having major dysfunctions. I'm telling you as somebody who has an 18-year-old that, that you know, her friends have diabetes and are on um, really heavy dose pain and, uh, NSAIDs for that. On top of having um, you know, birth control pills and, 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 and really painful periods early. Guys, we're messing up the hormones. This is, this is the programming, that blueprint. And, and we have to take ownership of that. As the mother, do we put our child on birth control? If she's that dysfunctional, are we also looking at the things that are going into her blueprint? Our words, our actions against our own body, the environment we have her in. How she's exercising. Is she depleting herself because we're depleting ourselves? We may think it's totally normal, and it's not. So it's a big, big topic, guys. This gets into so much. This is the root of what Belly Guru was. This is the root of, of so much of, of what I share with my one-on-one -on -one clients. And I hope I got you thinking. This could be like its own podcast over and over again, right? But but do pick up that book, Mother Daughter Wisdom: Creating a Legacy of Physical and Emotional Health. I'm going to put the the link to it in the show notes, so make sure you get those show notes and definitely tell me your experiences. I'd love a conversation on this. I don't want to be doing a soliloquy every time. I would love a conversation. What are you getting out of this? What do you think after listening to both episodes? Where are you in your own health? Does any of this make sense? Is there a truth here for you? Does it all not make sense to you at all? Do you see none of it? Let me know. Let me know below. Take care, guys. Have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful rest of owning your health in your life right now. See you for the next episode. We have the lovely Pamela Windle and her work in the UK and virtually all over the world on menopause wellness. Thank you for listening into this episode of Owning Her Health with Dr. Lisa Holland, PT. To learn more about her personal and professional development service, visit her online at drlisahollandpt.com.